Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Welcome you to join Bible Links to read the entire Bible in two years. I believe God will bless you, He will lift you up, and your life will never be the same. The following is the English translation of Pastor Moen Wu's teaching on the book of Leviticus, chapter 22-23, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day so you will be full of faith. So today we are going to read Leviticus chapter 22 and 23. So chapter 22 is connected to chapter 21. It's talking about priests. Everything that he do has to be accepted by the Lord. So there are a few conditions that need to be met for it to be accepted by the Lord. So first let's read uh, verse 1 to 2. Speak to Aaron and his sons so that they abstain from the holy things of the people of Israel, which they dedicated to me, so that they do not profane my holy name. And next in verse 3, If any one of all your offspring throughout your generations approaches the holy things that the people of Israel dedicate to the Lord, while he has an uncleanness, that person shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. So what does this mean? What does it mean to be abstain from? So here it's talking about that each one of us who are being priests, we shall not overlook every single prayer that our brother and sister has in front of the Lord and every single service that we have. So when here when it says we shall be abstained from it, that means we have to take it seriously. We shouldn't take it lightly. Sometimes when we are serving at church for a long time and some maybe you have some authority or maybe you have a lot of experience in serving, then you start to have a lot of your own judgment. You feel like, oh, this has to be like this, cannot do that. But here God says we should abstain from the holy things of the people of Israel, which they dedicate to me. So if we don't take it seriously when we're teaching and when we're dealing with and when we are guiding the serving from our brothers and sisters and we just judge them or even overlook them, then in those cases, we might lose our fellowship with the Lord because they are talking about cut off. So here to be cut off for a priest is not just talking about um, having a pause in their serving in front of the Lord, but is that your identity as a priest might be completely cut off from you. So this is actually very serious. It's to a huge reminder for everyone who is serving God. We really have to take it very seriously for each brothers and sisters who God had entrusted to us in our life. How can we serve them so that we and they, they can all stand firm in all the Lord so that whatever we say, our decision, or maybe we comment about them, we are not trying to please them, but we are also not trying to judge them, but instead is to take it seriously and honestly to value the thing that they offer up in front of the Lord. So that's the meaning to be abstain from it. So and next from verse 4 to 9, it's talking about none of the offspring of Aaron who has a leprous disease or discharge may eat of the holy things until he's clean. Whoever touches anything that is unclean through contact with the dead or a man who has had an emission of semen or a person from whom he may take uncleanness, whatever his uncleanness may be. Uh, anyway, from here, verse 4 to 9, it's telling us whatever we touch make us unclean. We have to first be cleansed by the water, then we can go eat the holy things. Then it's the t only after we got cleansed, then we can touch God's work. And next, verse 9, they shall therefore keep my charge, lest they bear sin for it and die thereby 
when they profane it. So for someone who is more spiritual, it's not saying that, oh, they never become unclean. But instead, for someone who is more spiritual and more mature, they start to have more of awareness, knowing that if there is any uncleanness on me, when we touch this, say this, do that, think about that, a lot of things can actually make us defiled or become unclean. And in that case, all my serving in front of the Lord actually is bearing me sin for it and makes me die. So this is actually an important reminder for everyone who is serving God. Sometimes when we are serving, we become overlooking it. We feel that, oh, it's okay for us to be late. This week we have something. Oh, maybe you have an appointment and just ask someone to cover me. Maybe I become tired. You will find that there are many reasons that we start to have for us to not serve. You start to neglect. You start to overlook that today when you have your name on the schedule for serving, is it possible for us to really take make all our might and effort to serve, to share the gospel? When we are sharing the message, do I have pre preparation? Do I attend the prayer meeting when I'm attending a small group? Or either maybe I'm just cooking or doing dishes, cleaning, everything that I do for the Lord. That means we are not overlooking these things. Sometimes, you know, because this world is very corrupted, maybe we hear this judgment from others or we see something from the media. We say something that we shouldn't say. We didn't even realize it, but we are still standing on the stage. We are still uh, doing the services and we are even still preaching God's word. You know, sometimes nowadays, some brothers or sisters or even some pastors on the pulpit when they're sharing they turn the pulpit into a place for accusation they become judgmental they are judging the government criticizing those person all those things are actually sinning against god god says that if you do that you will bear your sin and death and you will be cut out in front of god so for someone who has a lot of serving you have to be very careful to see whether or not there's any um, uncleanness on me and to keep asking for the cleansing from the precious blood and keep relying on the God who sanctify us so that our relationship with God is not just stationary. Oh, I am baptized and I am serving this week, so that means my life is holy. No, but instead our relationship with God should be very dynamic. We should keep coming in front of Him to seek His will rather than just keep trying to plan all, everything ahead of time by our own will, by our own plan. It's not that we learn this system and then we use this system to operate our church. All these things are actually sinning against God. So may God come and guide us. You know, it's good for a church to have some system, have some strategy, but we still humbly seeking and asking God's will. God, when do you want to start? When do you want to do this? When, what kind of investment that we want to do? Lord, may you all teach me these. These are the things that is teaching from verse 1 to 9 that we should not overlook. Oh, we should not overlook the services from brothers and sisters. And we also should not overlook to stay clean in front of the Lord. And next, from verse 10 to 13, is talking about a belonging, a relationship, to be belonged to God so that we are able to eat and drink Him. So here it's talking about a lay person or if a priest's daughter marries a lay man. It's all about relationship. So why can't they eat the eat the food? It's because they have to first be belong to the family of Christ. They first have to belong to the life of a priest, first belong to Jesus Christ. So what does it mean? So 
today, if I keep connecting to the Lord, then I can eat the sacrifice because I can hear His voice, and all my services is accepted by Him. So today, for someone who has been at church serving for a long time, maybe you're a leader, small group leader, pastor, elder, minister, or the Sunday school teacher or youth counselor, you all have to be very careful to take it seriously each time when you are serving God, and to take. Every time, seriously, for the serving from the brothers and sisters, all the thing that they do, we also take it seriously. If they didn't do it right, then we can guide them, teach them, train them, or maybe if they are not mature, we can also encourage them and to try to fulfill them and comfort them, so that our serving at church will not be very stagnant, will not be religious, will not be casual, and we will not sin against God. So next, from verse fourteen to twenty, is to reminding us that if anyone eats. Of a holy thing unintentionally, he shall add the fifth of its value to it and give the holy thing to the priest. That means that our relationship with God is dynamic. That we are always asking for conviction, asking for mercy, and we also always have the courage to move on and move on in faith. And next, from verse seventeen to twenty, is that you shall not offer anything that has a blemish. And from verse twenty-one to twenty-five, it says that anything that is corrupted, disease. You should not offer it, and anything that you offer has to please God, has to be acceptable. So when you are serving, when you are doing the services, it's good that you are following some rules. But there is actually a higher standard: is that we need to always to satisfy God's heart, know God's heart. So you know, sometimes when we are doing the serving, we care about the results. Is there fruit of it? I'm serving. Does everything go smooth? Is it? How does everyone feel? If you care about that, of course it's a good thing. But God has a higher expectation: is that we want our services to be acceptable to the Lord. So that means we care about God's feeling. Maybe today when we are in our gathering, it's not very smooth. Maybe the sound system has a trouble. Maybe my preaching is not smooth. Maybe there are many、uh, interruption from the from the surrounding. But today, if during our services, we can feel that God is taking over everything. His name is being lifted. Up high, and his will is being done, and his heart is being satisfied. Then we will call the gathering today as perfect, you know. But instead, sometimes when we are serving and. Everything seems to be very smooth. All the schedule, the the thing seems to be good, and my preaching is very smooth. But we have to ask God. God, is your heart being satisfied? You know, throughout the ages, there are many people offering up sacrifice in the holy temple. You know, from the beginning of the temple till when Israel and Judah are being destroyed, there were still many people who are offering up sacrifice in the holy temple. And even till the New Testament era, when the Herod the Great When he finished rebuild the entire holy temple, there are also many priests offering up stuff there. But is God's heart satisfied? Jesus, when he is when doing when all these people they are offering up stuff in the holy temple, and you compare it to the teaching from Jesus, then you can see all the people when they are like worshiping the idol, when they are worshiping the idol, even in the holy temple, when God. Through many prophets, keep speaking to the king of Judah and Israel. Do you realize that is God's heart being satisfied? So it's not about whether or not the entire gathering is smooth. It's not about how we arrange the program. It's not about the sound system.
system, the PowerPoint. It's not about the voice of the worshiping, but it's only about the heart of God has to be satisfied. If the heart of a priest can be deeply connected to the Lord, if he knows how to keep see constantly seeking God's heart, and all the brothers and sisters, we have this fear of the Lord, and our relationship with God is very dynamic. It's not just coming to the ch church on Sunday for a weekly sermon, and then Monday to Saturday I live my own life. If we strive to really have this intimacy with God at all times, then we can see that in all our gathering, my daily life, my um, job, my life at the marketplace, my marriage, God will be accepting those things and the Holy Spirit will guide me and the Holy Spirit will have confirmation in us. And next one, verse 26 to 30, is reminding us to give an offering that is acceptable to the Lord. So why shall it be eaten on the same day and you shall leave none of it until morning? I am the Lord. So what does that mean? That means we need to satisfy God's heart that every day His grace is new. Every day my offering is new. My contribution is new. My prayer is new. Rather than just keep repeating the same words, just reciting the Lord's prayer and then just say, grace in front before the meal and everything seems to be like a routine but without life god doesn't want this kind of thing and next from verse 31 to 33 is telling us that you shall keep my commandments and do them you shall not profane my holy name that i may be sanctified among the people of israel i am the lord who sanctifies you so the entire chapter 22 is talking about that God's name shall not be profane and we should take it seriously to please God. So their families, what is the key of our serving? What is our prayer? What are the things that we care about? Do we just care about the building? The church building looks wonderful and there's the best lighting, the best worshiping, the best speaker. Is that what God wants? No, but God wants our heart. Even though when there's not the best worship team and maybe the keyboard is doesn't have the good skill or maybe the pastor is preaching is still not perfect but if everyone is wholeheartedly fearing God and wholeheartedly worshiping him and be gratitude to him everyone wants to satisfy God's heart then the gathering will be counted and be of remembrance in God's kingdom and God's heart will be satisfied. This is what chapter 22 is about. So through prayer that may God to come and transform us today when you are, go to the gathering, if you have lost your expectation and when you are reading the Bible through your prayer life, your job life, everything seems to just be satisfying, a du fulfilling a duty. I don't have any more expectation. I don't have prayer. I don't have hunger. I don't want to have more intimacy with the Lord. Lord, then chapter 22 is really speaking to us. Lord, may you help me so that everything that I do is acceptable to you. May you help me not to profane your holy name. You are the one who sanctifies me. May everything that I do, I, I say, I think, and all my decision can be acceptable to you. And next from chapter 23, it's talking about the feast of the Lord. You might say that, hey, we have talked about the feast of the Lord before. Why are we repeating? You found that in the book of Leviticus, it will constantly repeating, say the same thing again and again. Why is God doing that? In chapter 22, we talk about the responsibility of a priest. And chapter 23, talk about the feast of the Lord again. It's to teach us how to live our everyday life, how to follow, how to arrange our schedule. Today, it's reminding us that we Christians, nowadays, we become less and less aware of the feast of the Lord. We start to feel that, oh, these are the feasts of the Jewish people. It's about Jewish people. That we Chinese, we don't have this kind of mindset. We don't have this habit. We 
live, we will have this uh, Chinese New Year, Dragon Ball Festival, Mid-Autumn Festival. But today here, the Feast of the Lord in Hebrew, it actually means the appointed time of the Lord. So the Feast of the Lord is the time when heaven is open to us and his blessing will pour out onto us. So we Christian, we, and we are reading chapter 23, we need to learn this thing is that today my schedule of the entire year, you know, sometimes maybe in just the beginning of the year, we have already decided for the next year in the summer vacation during the Chinese New Year that well, where are we going? Okay, so in the Lantern Festival, we will eat the sweet dumpling in the Christmas that maybe we should arrange some something and summertime, we should have a conference, you know, like their families, we are so good at arrange our own time. But sometimes some people, they even arrange something for next year and next next year. But the Feast of the Lord is to teach us to live according to God's timing and to live with God. So it's no longer God trying to uh, cooperate with my schedule, but me following God's schedule to, for my everyday life. So in verse 2, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, these are the appointed feasts of the Lord that you shall proclaim as holy convocation. They are my appointed feasts. So the most important point is to proclaim about God, is to talk about God so that our family, our children can always live in front of the Lord. And next from verse 3 to 4, the first feast is to talk about the Sabbath of solemn rest. It's to rest in front of the Lord because we are so busy. We are so good at arranging our own schedule and we have already know that we should purchase the flight ticket early on. We should book the hotel early on so that we can have a discount. We have to arrange it at this time so that we can avoid the crowd. Oh, this is the time. We are so good at arrange all these things and God's arrangement is always our least priority. So today God teaches us to live according to God's schedule, we first have our set aside time for God's schedule. God is not telling us that we cannot have any entertainment. God is not saying that you cannot rest. But instead, in each of the feasts, is the timing for us to receive the joy of the Lord. And this is the most important thing for the feast of the Lord. Later on in all these feasts, you will see that it's all about His joy. He wants to share with us. He wants to share His passion, pour out His love on us. So the first thing for us to receive is to that we need to first stop, first rest, so that we can hear His voice and to receive His love on us. So this is the first thing that God wants to teach us. The first feast is to have Sabbath. First, to know God, to know Him. And verse 4, these are the appointed feasts of the Lord, the holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at the time appointed for them. And next from verse 5, it talks about Passover. Eat the unleavened bread, then the feast of unleavened bread. And you shall present a food offering to the Lord for seven days. And you shall not do any ordinary work. So the first thing when we are in a feast is to teach us to stay at rest to encounter God. So any ordinary work we shall not do. It's not saying that we cannot do anything which is just lying on the bed. No, it's talking about not to do ordinary work. So not to do the job that you do for your earning. Don't just say, that, oh, I have so many things that I need to do. So I just wait until Sunday to do it. No, but instead this day, it should be dedicated to the Lord. Of course, you can do the thing that you are supposed to do. But before you do everything, you first ask God, God, how do you think about it? I I want to have your guidance. Maybe sometimes when you pray, you did not immediately have a receiving. You can spend more time to wait upon him and to be quiet for a longer time. So the first 
feast is the Passover is to remind us for a Christian life the most important arrangement in the year is to first bring us back into the salvation, bring us into the unleavened bread, bring us into the purity, the holiness of God so that you can pray. You know, this year the Passover is on April 22nd, so you can dedicate this day and even every day you can be, it can be a Passover. You can say that God, every day may you bring me back to your salvation under your protection and also help me to live in the feast of unleavened bread every day so I can always live in purity. You know, because inside me there will be leaven. I will have corruption from the world. Save me from the sin. Maybe you have a lot of pressure from your marketplace or your job make you feel unhappy. You feel that you work like a slave. Then you can pray that, Lord, during the Passover, you can save me from Egypt. I am the priest. I am the host of the Lord. I have the power for victory. I can transform my market, my workplace. I can work. I can enjoy all the the blessings, all the gifts, wisdoms, and joy in my in my work. God, may you save me from this corrupted world. I have this ability for purity. I don't have to uh, follow everyone else. It's not saying that, oh, I have to go to the KTV, then I have to go to the nightclub for guys and for girls. They have to talk about makeup and we have to talk about K-drama. No, I can be sanctified. I can be consecrated from these. It's not saying that we have no topic to chat with our co but instead we first bring ourselves into the salvation of the Lord and into the purity of the Lord so that in this year we can walk in the right path and you will have ability have power for this new year and you can ask for the abundance from the lord and next from verse 9 to 14 you can see from verse 10 speak to the people of israel and say to them when you come into the land that i give you and reap its harvest so even before they arrive god has promised them a harvest so you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest and he shall wave the sheaf before the lord give the with offering, burnt offering, and grain offering. And next verse 14, and you shall eat neither bread nor grain parched or fresh until this same day, until you have brought the offering to, of your God. It's a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. So here is talking about if you want your year to be smooth, the first feast is the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But And next, if you want to have abundance in this year, you want to be secure on highs. He made my feet like the feet of the deer. He wants to, when you are walking on this land, you are not dragging. It's not like when you are working, it's like under a huge pressure. Then God promises us when we enter into that land, when we are connected to the Lord, when you offer up the first fruit through offering, through your Thanksgiving and Passover, through the Unleavened Bread, through waiting in front of God and you first wait on that day, you can say, Lord, give me this heart that I can wait for you. I can wait for the hope until the Passover when I offer it up, you know, dear family, then this year you can ask for abundance from the Lord. You can ask for grace. You can ask for ability to be secure on the high place and you can ask for his protection and any attack from the enemies, any still kill and destroy sickness, plagues or any attack from the government, from my co-worker, from my friends, you can have protection. This is the protection from the Passover. His precious blood covers you and every pain, sickness, misunderstanding, it can be Passover. This is the first feast. And so you can ask next to have a prayer to the Lord is to see the feast, the timing of the Lord. And his first promise for you is that you are being protected. You are covered. You are 
peace and you are abundant, you can be provided. So the key is for you to enter into the Passover, the blessing of the Passover. And next from 15 to 16, you shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. And we call it the Feast of the Weeks, basically the Pentecost. So the Feast of the Weeks, there are totally 50 days. You shall present a grain offering of new grain to the Lord. And verse 17, you shall bring from your dwelling places two loaves of bread to be waved, made of two tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour, and they shall be baked with leaven as first fruits to the Lord. So how can we offer a leavened bread when we are offering? But previously we have talked about the leavened bread is representing ourselves because we are the one with leaven. So what is the new, what is the grain offering of the new harvest? It's, and what's the meaning of the Pentecost? So there, this is the thing that you should pray for Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Pentecost and the Feast of Weeks is a time when God presented his law. So that's why the Feast of Weeks is also called the Feast of Torah. Because it's a time when God announced his law. But in the New Testament, the Pentecost is a time when the Holy Spirit of truth is poured out on us. So, and we, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then we can live a new life. We become the new grain offering. We become the new wineskin. I can receive the new wine and the new oil. So, you know, this, um, leavened bread we offer up, but we don't eat them. This leavened bread will be a wave offering. It's saying that, Lord, this is me. This this is me. May you change me and remove all the leaven from my life so that I can be the new grain offering so that Jesus can live in me and all the lust, pride, pain, low self-esteem, insecurity, offense, and also depression, feeling of not being valued. All these things, when the truth enter into my life, when God's law, God's word enter into me, then his truth become my foundation. My value system be changed. My speech, my perspective will be changed so that I no longer see that I am the leavened bread. I no longer just see my weaknesses, my corruption, my uncleanness, but instead we see the new grain offering inside me. I am the sons and daughters of the Lord. I am the chosen one. I am his masterpiece. I am his beloved. I am without blemish and altogether lovely. This is the meaning of the Feast of the Weeks. So why do you need to always ask for the filling from the Holy Spirit and His outpouring in your everyday life? Is to save us. Otherwise, when we are being complained by others or maybe some of your friends have this competition with you, then you start to feel that, oh, I'm so pitiful. I'm so bad. I'm so poor. I have nothing. Lord, may you have mercy on me. God, may you really save me from this kind of slavery mindset, this spirit of poverty, but instead his truth has to enter into us, then we can have this discernment. You know, sometimes many Christians are, their brain is being filled with a lot of lies. So Lord, may you teach me to live the feast of the, of the weeks, teach me to live the Pentecost so that the truth can be filled inside me and it can overcome all the lies and all the lies can get away from me. All the corrupted thoughts can can stay away from me. All the weaknesses, self-denial, always feel that I'm useless, I'm pitiful, I'm victim, I'm poor, I'm... That's all these kind of corrupted thoughts can all be getting rid of from my life. This is the meaning of the Feast of the Weeks. And next from verse 18 to 22, it's about 
giving more offering, and then to wave it in front of God. You shall leave some harvest for the poor and for the sojourner. You shall not reap your field right up to its edge. So you start to become someone who can provide to others. You become a royal priesthood. You become a dignified prince. And his life, the life of a king, is inside you. So you can live like a king. This is the feast of the week, so that your life is completely transformed. You live in truth. You live in light. So every wherever you go in your marketplace or in your family, your speech to your spouses, your sons and daughters, it can bring light, and light can bring healing and cleansing. And the Holy Spirit of Truth, when they enter into us, we can have discernment to know what is from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what is from the tree of life. So the feast of the weeks, the Spirit of Truth is inside me, and His peace will guide me. Everything that I do will have God's presence and His manifestation of the power. And that's why in the New Testament, when all the apostles was filled with the Holy Spirit, they become completely different. Do you want to have signs and wonders? Do you want to see healing when you lay hands on others? You know, all the people in the New Testament, when they are caring about the food, they can also do a lot of signs and wonders. Do you want to be like that? Do you want to have the same courage as them in the Pentecost? You want the ability, the wisdom. If you have this desire, then you can pray, Lord, may you help me to live the feast of the weeks, to live the Pentecost, so the Spirit, Holy Spirit of Truth can fill me. I don't want to live in lie anymore. I don't want to live in fakeness. I want to live in the spirit of truth. This is a feast of the weeks. Next, from verse twenty-three to twenty-five, it's talking about the feast of trumpets. It's Rosh Hashanah, the New Year. So when we blow in the trumpets, it represents God's presence, His coming. So do, we are actually all waiting for this feast of trumpet. It's the time of the second coming of Jesus. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, "The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of the, our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever." We are waiting for this. So. What's the meaning of blowing the trumpet in First Thessalonians chapter four verse sixteen? It's reminding us when the trumpets was blown in the end time, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So in the mid air there will be a judgment seat, and God will judge His church, and we will receive our rewards, and He will give us ability and abundance. And this is a timing when the bridegroom meet the bride, and it will be a great wedding feast, and then He will come back to earth, and then He will destroy all the power of Satan and the evil ones, and will they will throw all the enemies and the fallen angels into the lake of fire, and then Satan will be bound for a thousand years, and the millennium kingdom. Will begin. This is the feast of trumpets. So that's why in the new year. We blow the trumpets, rather just say, "Oh, happy New Year!" Because we want to keep reminding us that the Lord is coming. We want to live a lifestyle waiting for His second coming. We have to prepare ourselves so that in front of the judgment seat, I can stand firm. I will be accepted. I'm prepared. I am the bride of Christ, and I can be the warrior. I can fight with Jesus. I can rebuke Satan and the evil one. This is the. Feast of the trumpets, so we can pray to the Lord. Lord, may you help me in the feast of the trumpets. My voice is powerful. I'm waiting for a second coming. I'm always prepared for it every day. I'm prepared for the trumpets of the end time. 
And next from verse 26 to 32 is about Day of Atonement is to tell us that you shall not do any work on that very day and only the high priest can do stuff and that day the high priest is very busy and everyone else is just to wait to be proclaimed that our sins was forgiven. Today, Jesus Christ is our high priest, so he is busy for us. And all the thing that we need to do is to afflict ourselves. So the Day of Atonement is the only feast in front of the Lord. It's a day for us to cry for our sin. All other feasts is to rejoice. But today, we can pray to the Lord. Lord, help me in my Christian's life. I can be more and more sensitive to sin. I can be grieved when I sin. I can have this courage to overcome sin. I can rise up and pray. I can proclaim. I can repent. I can fast in front of you so that Lord when all the things that you have done for me the fruit can be following me because you said everything is finished your precious blood is now on me cleansing me so Lord and I was I'm proclaiming that you are praying for me interceding for me in front of Abba Father and may the Holy Spirit come and help me so that I can quiet in front of you on the day of atonement so today if you always have this concept of day of atonement in every year then you will notice that your life become more and more easy all the curses will leave the sickness will leave all the curse familial curses hereditary causes will all leave then if you really afflict your heart and really spend time maybe once a month or maybe once a week or even just once a day each meal to fast in front of the Lord and even at least to fast for him once a year on the day of atonement if you never have fasting before then you can fast on the day of atonement to ask for the conviction from the Holy Spirit to pray for your sons and daughters pray for your marriage your family your country your city to really return to the Lord then you can find that as we are in this seating we become like priests we can also bring cleansing to this land if you are parents or leaders or spiritual parents you should pray for your the people who you are leading on the day of atonement to carry their name on your shoulder in front of your chest to pray for them to bring cleansing and healing today the prayer of parents for the cleansing of the children is very important so that they can be cleansed from the world because they all oftentimes can will have this uncleanness from the world through the intercession of parents in front of God to proclaim that our family, our household is cleansed. And then last one, last feast is the Feast of Tabernacle from verse 33 to 36. At the end of the year, it's a joyful feast. It's a feast of the tabernacle. It's a time when Jesus come back. It's the beginning of the millennium. It's a time when we dwell with God in New Jerusalem till forever and ever. It's also a feast that we can testify God's power. And in on earth, the millennium kingdom at the time, we will teach all the people that we will be kings. We will teach them to know God. We, everyone has to come to Jerusalem for the feast of tabernacle. Whoever come for the feast of the tabernacle there will be the former rain and the latter rain whoever don't come there will be no rain at that time so you can see that god gave us in the end time a huge authority and power so as long as we come in front of god and to dwell with him then god will give us huge joy so do you long to have this lifestyle of the feast of the tabernacle today we also want to live for the feast of the tabernacle it's best that every day is the feast of the tabernacle 
Lord, may you live in my house. May you dwell in my heart. May you dwell in my spouse's heart, dwell in my children's heart. And so that when the beginning on the Passover, when we are redeemed from the sin, we start to live the Feast of the Unleavened Bread and we enter into abundance of Pentecost. We wait for the glory of the Feast of the Trumpet, complete cleansing on the Day of Atonement so that we can truly abide in the glory of the Feast of the Tabernacle. So their families, the Feast of the Lord, let a allows you from the beginning of the new year that you can start to arrange and prepare for all these things. If you don't arrange and live your life according to his schedule, then your Christian life will be stagnant. You will be living like the worldly people. If you don't walk in his schedule, you are just busy about arranging your your summer vacation. Where are we going? Uh, where should we go for the Christmas? Where should we go for the party? Today, everything that you do become the same as the ones who are in the world. The only thing that's extra is you come to church on Sunday. So we want to encourage you starting from this year, from April 22nd, from Passover, you can set your aside your time to prioritize on God's timing, God's schedule, so that you can enter into his abundance through Passover, through Pentecost, through the Feast of Tabernacles. So no matter how many shaking there will be in this generation, in the economy or whatever, the sons and daughters of God will always live in the abundant cycle of God. Rejoice, worship, give thanks and praising and enjoying God's abundance and glory. Amen. Dear families, we hope that you enjoy the Bible race as much as we do. If you are willing to volunteer to translate the original Chinese teaching into English or assist with video editing, please email service at 360sunrise.com. Thank you.